Kia ora. welcome to another episode of Skeezy D's. This one's just going to be like a quick, half-remembered history of Napoleon. Um, so Napoleon, I think, was like a lesser nobleman from Corsica, which was owned by France. I think it still is owned by France. Um, the French are generally pretty bad at giving up colonial possessions. Um, so yeah, they've probably still got um, Corsica. Anyway, um, so he was from there, and like during the French Revolution, the like the French fought basically everyone because everyone was like, "You can't kill a king," and the French were like, "We were good as a king." Um, and yeah, war ensued, and so he cut his teeth, kind of like fucking fighting everyone um i think the first major one he was involved in was the italian campaign i don't know how that went but i do know that the french absolutely fucking came um so yeah you've got like that campaign and then at some point he pulls off a coup and like becomes emperor of france i like or first consul sorry uh, eventually emperor i'm like not sure how that whole all works but what i do know is that like he, he basically just goes on the biggest dub streak in history um like to the extent that he kind of puts people like like because alexander the great like definitely had the most goaded run um you know going from like his battle against the greeks smoking the persians and then like prestiging by taking out um like an indian army like like undefeated um really good but he like he lacked endurance because he died real early because his like boyfriend died or something pussy um then you've got like hannibal and hannibal's like great failing is he he flopped he flopped on um go 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 okay i'm going then um, Hannibal's thing is like he flopped on execution like definitely in terms of like battlefield battles honestly uh, uh, yeah no like Alexander's still better but like in terms of situation I guess and like political control like Hannibal had some oppressive stuff I think Hannibal's traversal of the Alps is bolder than Alexander's crossing the desert. Um, Hannibal's going through the fucking marshes is like like strategically, apart from being unable to actually beat the Romans, strategically Hannibal was much more impressive than Alexander, um, who was I think more impressive tactically. Napoleon was superior in terms of tactics and strategy he was let down ultimately by by two main factors one um the french navy is and was a joke um very sad but they just like they lack the fundamentals to beat the british um the fact that they got chained to the fucking spanish navy la mal um like ah, oh, poor bastards um, and you end up with Trafalgar, where, like, Nelson racks up one of the highest KD ratios in a naval battle, um, before, like, dying. Um, so you've got that, and then it's his subordinates, like, Napoleon's people, 
never matched him um, and, and were never able to express his ability effectively and to be fair part of that is on Napoleon not building those people through his campaigns he should have he should have built them up so he could trust them but ultimately they never really got what he wanted and like the accumulation of this is Waterloo but there are other other points but I just want to talk about some of like Napoleon's key um, like factors and moments and shit so like the, the top one and this is, should always be at the top of your head when you're thinking about Napoleon right this is this is like the first thing you should be thinking about is like he was he was the biggest simp in history like he altered the course of his march detrimentally so he could visit his mistress like for Josephine um there were points where he was like worried about losing a battle, not because of the strategic or tactical implications, but he was worried because Josephine would yell at him. Like, and we know this because we got the letters. Like, we've got the, the proof. Um, like, the guy was just a turbo simp. Um, and we've just got to like acknowledge that. We've got to do like a simp acknowledgement. Um, like, lit- like literally, not 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 sure to the extent what, but a large to a large extent, Napoleon was motivated, both in overall goals, but also like short term goals, by impressing his lover. So, like, incredibly based, biggest wife guy in history. Um, you know, like Hannibal was the Volsel. I don't even know if he was voluntarily celibate, but he probably was. Um, Alexander was the king of the gays and then yeah like completing the the trifecta Napoleon was like the wife guy to end all wife guys Um, I guess I guess technically Nelson would be like the Volsel anyway um, so yeah you've you've got you've got that element of it the other thing is, and this is something that always gets, like, deprioritized in a lot of the histories of the Napoleonic Wars. Like, a lot of people talk about the maneuvers of Napoleon. Like, oh, he outmaneuvered the fucking Austrians at the Battle of Austerlitz. And, um, you know, he, he, he made this flanking movement, or he chose to commit his reserves at this time. Like, and that's all important. But more than that, a lot of his battles depended on him just being, like, a little manipulative shit. Um, so like Austerlitz for example right a large part of the reason they won is Napoleon like literally went to um, the Austrians and was like oh I'm just a little guy please don't attack me and then like the Austrians were like oh shit we've got to attack him while he's weak and then he fucking spanked them Like, like I cannot underestimate enough how much of like how how large an impact Napoleon just like emotionally manipulating other people contributed to his victories and then it's like he got baited like by like I don't know like he got baited by the idea of Russia but he's not unique in that but also like um, the Duke of Wellington 
Um, it was like, oh, I'm such a little guy. Please don't attack me. And to be fair, Napoleon wasn't the one who got baited. It was like Marshal Ney. Um, you know, Wellington was like, oh, please, please don't send your big strong horses into trample my infantry. Um, and then Marshal Ney was like, okay, I'm going to take 10,000 cavalry and charge them at you. And then the British were like, oh, okay, well, um, we've developed this crazy thing where we just like stand close together and then horses get scared and we shoot the people on the horses. Um, and that like completely reversed that, which was kind of funny. Um, Another funny thing, this is like tangential, and this is a, the wrap-up, I guess, was, was like the British cavalry charge at Waterloo. Like, the British didn't have as many cavalry as the French, but because there'd been like 30 years of conflict on the mainland, and I think that, I think that this was when Australian horses started coming into Britain, but basically, like, because the British hadn't been fighting um, as much, their horses were like insanely yoked they just had the most yoked horses um like their horses were straight like liver king roiding compared to the french horses um and you get to like waterloo and like mm. the british horses are like full like a foot taller than any of the other horses they're just like fully yoked and the British charge, and like, they're not very organised, they're just like, they're just like, ah, oh, I guess we'll like, ride in this direction until we kill things. Um, I think that's Jordan. Um, and they just like, wipe out, like, a not, and a not insignificant part of the French army, but then after that they kind of don't really do anything, because they charged way too hard, way too fast. Um, like, not as embarrassing as the French charge, but still like a bit silly um i can talk about more napoleonic stuff but i've got to like honestly do a bit more research because it's not a bit of history that i'm terribly conversant in but it's super fascinating anyway so you're